Hi, my name is Jovi. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed, Bed Crime, Crime Stories, Stories. <laughs> a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. It was you that time. It was not. Yes, it was. Whatever. I just kept talking and then you didn't. And <sighs> when you whatever. listen to this back, you'll see that it was totally you. Sure. Whatever. whatever. Uh, hi, everybody. Hello. We are still trying to get the hang of this <laughs> Zoom podcasting. <laughs> oh, it's not for us. I don't know. Oh, to say we're failing a little bit miserably so there's that we'll get there maybe or we won't and you know that's okay too (laughs) we're trying that's that's what matters is that we're trying guys it's all for you guys (laughs) and everything we do we do it for you oh yeah (laughs) it's very true (laughs) all right well um joe Joey's actually going to kick off this episode uh, with a true crime headlines. We haven't had one in a couple of weeks. So go ahead and do one. Well, thank you. I am. This is going to be my first true crime headline, guys. Kooky. I know. Uh, And I only have one this week um, because I'm ill prepared and I apologize. That's all right. So um, this is from an article that was posted today, which is February 2nd from sciencealert.com. And I I feel fancy reading this because it's like science. (laughs) Science. (laughs) And the article states, human spines found mounted on sticks in Peru and archaeologists think they know why. Yeah, sounds pleasant, doesn't it? Yeah. People in the Chinca, Chinca, people in the Chinca Valley of Peru threaded the spines of the dead onto wooden rods around 500 years ago, a mostly unknown practice only recently documented by archaeologists. Huh. It may have been an attempt to restore the bodies of the dead during the European colonization, according to a study by the researchers who unearthed 192 examples of such spines. Oh, that's and a they, lot of spines. It is a lot of spines. And it also included the remains of children. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a fairly lengthy article, but the first two paragraphs i just read to you is pretty much the gist of it gotcha but can you imagine no like, unreal and like the pictures that are on this um on this site and even the picture up top honestly it looks like kebabs oh that's the uh, lovely <laughs> that is lovely okay that that came out wrong but once i read the title of the article i i saw it because gotcha it's just the spines like you know how the bones are just they look like kebabs yeah. okay it's not <laughs> their spines it's okay i mean it's not okay okay i'm just gonna well because it was ritual it was like ritualistic so right. like right and it was more of an homage to the dead rather than a like correct and cursey thing right they yeah. didn't they didn't kill them no all right from um people, people who children. were deceased correct yeah correct so it was like a, a ritual if yeah. you will so yeah, I thought that that was pretty damn interesting. That is um, pretty damn interesting. If you wanted to read more in, information about that or, you know, actually read the entire article because it is fairly interesting, you go to sciencealert.com. Check sciencealert.com. it out. Sciencealert.com. Well, Tell them thanks. that Jovi sent you. Thanks, Joves. You're welcome. 
<laughs> good times. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back. Okay, here you go. I'm getting <laughs> and, it back uh, to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and tonight's bed crime story is actually a listener suggestion. Ooh, those are my favorite. Yes, and I took way too dang long to get to this, and for that I do apologize. Same on you. Um, I know. I was scrolling through Instagram DMs over the weekend um, and realized that we have this one from back in August from M Minor Seven Eleven, um, and I told her like right away. I was like, well, we're going to look into that. And here we are in February. <laughs> How many months and later? Now I feel, yeah, I know. I feel terrible, but we're here guys. Yes. We have made it. Yes. I and you know what? For that. You know what? Hmm. Listeners listening, you too could have your suggestion be done by one of us gals. If you would email us at betcrimestoriespod at gmail.com or slide into those DMs. We welcome That's it correct. all. This is correct. Both of those things are truth facts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So the story that is a listener suggestion is the cold case of the murder of Taylor McAllister. Yeah. So my sources for this story is WRAL.com and a Discovery ID show called Still a Mystery. And it was season two, episode 16. Ooh, I never saw that that show before. Yeah, that show is very interesting because it's like obviously all cold cases, hence Still a Mystery. Yes. And they do two stories per episode that have like weird, like have like very vague connections. Not that they are connected in any way as though they're like from the same um, like perpetrator, but just like this story has this one weird like niche thing in common with this story. So we put them on one episode together. Nice. I like that. Yeah. And Taylor's was the first episode featured or the first story featured on that episode. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a cool show. I dug it. Um, a lot of really great interviews, and it's newer. Like it was from the episode aired in like 2020 or 2021. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so it's all very like up to date, new information. So I enjoyed it very much. Okay, so we have to check it out. Yeah. So our story begins on December twenty second, two thousand sixteen, at seven forty five a.m. When the body of 22-year-old mother of twins, Taylor Ann McAllister, was found in an alley between an apartment complex and a neighborhood in St. Petersburg, Florida. She was found wearing only a t-shirt that had been pulled up to expose her breasts. She had DNA evidence of another person present under her fingernails, and she had bruises on her body and her face. There were tire marks across her legs. Stop it. Yeah. So Taylor was born in Melbourne, Florida on the 21st of July, 1994. So young. Mm -hmm. She, I know it's just insane. She loved music and dolphins and she enjoyed spending time on her family's boat, enjoying the water. Mm -hmm. Taylor enjoyed music so much that she taught herself to play the guitar at just 14 years old. Nice. And yeah, and she would upload videos of herself playing and singing to her YouTube channel. Oh, at 20 years old, Taylor falls in love with a coworker named Joshua, and after a whirlwind romance, they get married. And not long after their marriage, Taylor becomes pregnant with twin girls. Oh now, shit! Yeah, yeah, pretty quick. Now, unfortunately, the stress of being um, new parents and very young parents begins to put stress on Taylor and Josh's uh, marriage, and they were officially separated by August of 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, by all, 
by all indications from her family and from her friends, they had a fairly strong relationship. Mm-hmm. It was just they were really young. They were kids. Yeah, you know? they and were was, kids raising kids. Exactly. And, and it just became too much. Right. And I mean, even people who have kids later in life, they still struggle. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not easy being a parent. So I mean, yep. I'm not a parent. I mean, I am to dogs. But right. And that's hard enough. <laughs> it is. Yes. Yeah. So I, I can't speak for them, but I'm sure it's difficult. Yeah. I'm sure it's and again, trying. Especially with them being so young. Mm-hmm. So Taylor leaves the twi- with her twins with her parents and she moves in with a friend um, not, not too, too far away from her parents' house in Palm Harbor, Florida. Her parents were supportive of her plans because they felt like she was trying to take control of her life. Yeah. And like really kind of find her way, find her own path, blaze her own trail. And, but not long after she moves in with her friend, the two of them have a falling out and Taylor moves out. And it's at this time that she stops communicating regularly with her parents and they eventually lose track altogether of where she's staying. That's no Um, bueno. Yeah. So the next month in September on her mother's birthday, Taylor sends a text message to her mom wishing her a happy birthday. That was the last time either of her parents ever heard from her. It wasn't until her body was found that morning on December 22nd, 2016, that they were able to fill in the blanks of those previous months. Yeah. So the reason why they were able to identify Taylor's body so quickly is that she had her daughter's names tattooed on her arms and Mm -hmm. both of her daughters had pretty unique names. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty easy for them to identify her. And they drove to her parents' house in Melbourne to notify them of her death. Oh gosh. Yeah. When Taylor's husband, Josh was notified, he reveals to police that Taylor had been living with a 15, uh, nope, 52 (laughs) year old man um, named Robert Butler, the third, AKA Bert. Mm-hmm. And Josh claims that Bert is Taylor's quote sugar daddy. Oh, yeah. So it's important to note that Bert is one of the heirs to Bob's Carpet and Flooring, which is a fairly successful local flooring business. Yes. Um. Yeah. And like right now, it has 16 locations in the Tampa Bay area. If you mm-hmm. live in the Tampa Bay area, you know where your local Bob's Carpet and Flooring store yes. is. Yes. And you've seen many a billboard with their information yes. on it too. Yeah. So Bert's dad is Bob, the owner, the founder of the company. Got it. Got it. Court filings from 2015 show that Robert Butler III, Bert, um, and his two sisters benefit from family trusts, but have fought over control of their father's business, which opened in 1969. Mm -hmm. Even before their father's death in late 2016, allegations of... Um, there were allegations of drug use and misuse of company funds Mm. in a 2015 um, civil case. One sister, Lori accused her brother of hurting the business, selling company products solely for personal profit, using company funds for personal expenses, like quote, excessive alcohol consumption (laughs) and being banned from a company or being a bad company representative, including the time he was banned from a trade organization convention in Hawaii for egregious behavior. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You see those Hawaiians, they don't put up with shit though. (laughs) Right. Like Like, get out of here. Exactly. Exactly. But damn. Um, So Bert started having legal troubles in the early 90s when he was convicted of aggravated assault with a firearm. Mm-hmm. Over the previous two decades, he picked up more arrests or in those two preceding or following decades, I should say, up to now, um, he picked up more arrests, including multiple charges of drug possession. So police pick up Bert on the day that Taylor's body was discovered, the 22nd. 
Mm-hmm. He claims that he hadn't seen Taylor since the 17th, five days prior to her murder. And he also denied that she lived with him. Mm. The police noticed fresh scratches on Bert's face and forearms, and he also had a large bruise on his shoulder. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He called his lawyer um, when they asked Bert for a DNA sample, and the questioning ended at that point. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Now, which, well, and calling the lawyer, it will stop the questioning, but that's kind of where we're at at this point on the day. Okay. Of. okay. Now, Taylor's parents immediately start doing their own digging by getting in touch with her friends, and they begin to uncover a very different story about Bert and Taylor's relationship. So they find out from her friends that Bert had become obsessed with Taylor, that he would spend money on her, he would buy her drugs, manipulate her. And at this point, Taylor was in the throes of a very serious drug addiction. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, investigators were able to match the tire tracks at the alley where Taylor's body was found to Bert's Toyota Tundra. Not shocked. Right. But this actually leads the police to two more suspects, 36-year-old Deontay Baker and Karan Archer, 26. Bert claims that he loaned his vehicle to the two men and they were brought in for questioning. They initially both deny knowing anything about the crime and state that they hadn't been at Bert's house the night of the murder. But of course, inconsistencies start to arise in their stories, and it leads investigators to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. Eventually, a search warrant is obtained to track each of the three men's phones. It does show that Bert did not leave the house, his house the night of the murder. Um, but it does show that Deontay and Karan were both near the area of the crime scene. Okay. The story that was eventually given by Deontay and Karan was that the night of 2021, so the night before her body was found, Bert mm-hmm. called both of them to his house. When they get there, they find Taylor on Bert's bed, writhing in pain. Um, and they tell Bert that they're going to call 911, but he says that he doesn't want police involved. So <sighs> he, inst- he instructs them to take her to the hospital, but on their way to the hospital, Taylor stops breathing. So they oh, panic. Jesus. Yeah, they panic. They call Bert and tell him that they're planning to take Taylor back to his house, but he instructs them to make his problem go away. Oh, so, that's real nice. That's that's yeah. real nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Deontay and Karan head to the 2100 block of 63rd Avenue South in St. Pete and leave Taylor in the alley where she was eventually found. Deontay and Karan, uh, Karan help Bert destroy every trace of Taylor left at Bert's house, and they took the car the next day to get detailed. Of course they did. Yeah. Uh, there was a warrant that was obtained for Bert's home and for his DNA. The DNA, uh, or Bert's DNA, matched the DNA that was found under Taylor's fingernails, um, but Bert is not arrested. Okay. It, you have a match. I know. How? 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 I know. So... The way that it's coming across, and this is not being accusatory, this is just w- the way that it's coming across, as though Taylor is kind of being blamed for her own death, and it's assumed that Taylor was suffering from an overdose, and that when they were on their way to the hospital, that's why she stopped breathing, because she overdosed. But when the autopsy comes back, it contradicts that theory, and the medical examiner rules her death a homicide due to asphyxiation. Hmm. Again, it's assumed that an arrest is imminent, but Um, Instead, the police kind of back off the investigation. Hmm. Taylor's parents claim that detectives stopped answering their questions and providing them any updates on the case. 
this lack of movement forward is incredibly frustrating and disheartening for her family and her friends of who course. are desperate for answers and justice. Of course. And I mean, I would be too, because it's not making any sense yeah. whatsoever. Almost a year after Taylor's death on December 12th, 2017, the police arrest Robert Butler III. Bert. Bert. Um, Ebert. He's, <laughs> he's charged with... So whenever I hear the name Bert, not only do we think of like Bert and Ernie, Bert and Ernie and I want to go Ebert, like Ernie would, but I also think of, do you remember the movie, The Wedding Planner? Yes. Okay. Yes. So do you remember the guy, the, the dude who was like supposed to be super Italian that the father wanted Jennifer Lopez's character to marry? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then there was the guy who was like on the, like who played chess and his name was Bert. And the guy would go, Bert, Bert, buddy Bert. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I forgot so I all Bert. about that. <laughs> so it, it's like Bert and Ernie is like the first, but then my brain goes, buddy Bert. And I make <laughs> it like happens in my brain and I kind of giggle to myself. <laughs> so he's charged with felony possession of marijuana and ammunition. And as far as Taylor is concerned, he's charged with failure to report a death, which is a misdemeanor charge. Okay, so they'd rather give him a felony charge for possession of marijuana. Yeah. I, I kind of get the ammunition, but for uh, um, what? Like, well, I think I the ammunition reform- also stems from the fact that he's like a convicted felon, right? So, right, um, like you sh- that makes sense, right? But, yeah, like I, I, I'm so my mind is so blown <laughs> by this that I can't even form. A logical sentence. Yeah. So Taylor's family finds out that the lack of attention given to the murder investigation is actually due to local police working with the feds to build cases against Bert and Deontay Barker for buying and selling drugs and bringing drugs into the area. Okay. Yeah. So Deontay was Bert's primary drug source, and there were a lot of checks written from Bert to Deontay, upwards of 194000 dollars worth of checks jesus um yeah to to deontay and other associates for drugs like <laughs> did you just write in the memo line like for drugs <laughs> but okay um like okay i mean you so, don't know you don't know their I life guess, it could have happened <laughs> so taylor's parents feel that same police use taylor's death to be able to investigate the drug dealing ring and that taylor likely because she herself was an addict was hugely disregarded in the case in september 2018 burt pleads guilty in court to paying nearly two hundred thousand dollars for drugs over the course of three years deontay's federal drug charge could result in a large fine and up to 20 years in prison for his part, Bert took a plea deal to cooperate in order to reduce his prison sentence. He's fined $140,000 and sentenced to 40 months in prison. That's it. Mm-hmm. With the guilty pleas, the local police have a nice huge drug bust on the record, but Taylor's murder is pretty much pushed aside. Now, I'm sure if she wasn't an addict that this would have been taken care of a lot better. You would and think. It's another, it, you would think. You would that's, think, yes. That's the logic that we're going with, yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's kind of the same thing like we were talking about a few weeks ago with the kidnapping cases. It's like, oh, they're just a runaway. No, mm-hmm. 
it's they're they're still valid. They're still missing, regardless. They're still a human being, not right. Right. Treat them as such. So it's the same thing in her case. Yeah. Yeah, She may have had a drug problem, but that doesn't mean she's any less of a human. She's obviously going through some shit. Right. Don't just disregard her like she's a piece of trash. Right. And like one of the articles I was reading was like the way that they presented it was like Taylor, as with how many other millions of people in the United States were struggling with a drug addiction like right Right. it doesn't make her any less human she's not you know it it just it's very it's very sad it is very sad it's it's trash Mm -hmm. so taylor's family file a wrongful death suit in civil court against bert but they but really what they want is answers they want to know what happened to their daughter the night that she died so taylor's mother actually winds up visiting deontay baker in jail to try and get the story about what really happened damn she got balls yeah so Deontay reassures her that he had never seen any acts of violence between Bert and Taylor mm-hmm. and he even goes so far as to say but he wouldn't do that in front of me anyway so oh. he's saying to her like I never saw anything but that doesn't mean it never happened type right. of a thing Right. So Deontay tells Taylor's mom that he had offered police to wear a wire to visit Bert to try and get a confession out of him, but they did not take up his offer. <sighs> so no one's ever been arrested for Taylor's murder. And uh, Robert Butler has never formally been named as a suspect. So her murder is classified as a cold case. That's horrible. Like yeah. the answers are right there in front of them. Mm-hmm. Now, the and- only thing that I see as like this really tiny little bit of silver lining is because he hasn't been charged because nobody's been charged. That means that somebody still can be charged. Right. Right. You know, right. It's not like he was charged and they like he was acquitted and now they can't charge him again. Correct. At least the possibility for it happening is still there. Correct. But yeah, as of right now, her murder is classified as cold case. Hopefully sometime soon, somebody will come forth with some kind of information that could mm-hmm. implicate him mm-hmm. and get his ass thrown in jail because I believe he did it just by the yeah. stuff that you were saying and like how um, the blood under her finger- fingernails was his and how he had the scratches. Like it just, mm-hmm. it all comes together. Like right. each of the pieces align. Yeah, and of course they were yeah. saying that just because he has the marks on him and her, the DNA and his DNA is under her fingernails doesn't necessarily mean that he killed her. They could have just gotten into a fight. It could have been during a sex act. Well, basically, basically what they're saying is there's no way that you can prove without reasonable doubt that it was directly caused because she died. He killed her. And and I get that, but at least inquire about it. Mm-hmm. ask about it be like okay so we found this and this what what happened you know just so they have something to go off of mm-hmm. but like uh, i don't know i just i don't know it makes no sense to me it truly mm-hmm. doesn't agreed because this is a case that shouldn't be cold and i think that's why i'm so annoyed yeah so i mean that's unfortunately that's really all there is to the story um mm-hmm. there is a facebook group uh hashtag justice for taylor that has some inf- additional information about Taylor. Um, that's kind of where, you know, I guess you can go for additional updates. There hasn't been movement in the case. Um, so there's not too, too much out there. There is um, kind of a, I don't want to say a petition, but there's a 
campaign going with the followers on the page for them to get cold justice to come down and mm. try and help solve the case. That would be so cool. Um, that would be cool. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much where the, the story is at. So oh, shit. Thank you for that aggravating story. <laughs> hey, no problem. <laughs> um, and I, I do. I feel terrible for her family because, mm-hmm. like I said, I feel like this is not a case that should be cold. And they deserve answers. They deserve to know what happened to their daughter. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Agreed. Well, thank you, Charlie, for that wonderful story. No probs. And, and by wonderful, I mean quite the Awful. opposite. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But okay, guys, thank you for tuning in for yet another episode of Bed Crime Stories. We appreciate you. We love you all. Mm-hmm. Um, you could find us on the media of socials. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at Bed Crime Stories on Instagram, 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 mm-hmm. Instagram, and Twitter. Um, even though, as Charlie mentioned tons of times, Twitter doesn't really have anything going on, but you don't know that could change. You never know. You never know. That could change. You know, we're in the process of doing something, so it could it's happen. Sure. I mean, we're not making promises, but it's there. <laughs> um, this was a story that was suggested by one of our listeners. So be like this listener. Email us at bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com with your story suggestions or Get up in those DMs. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us which one of us you want to um, tell your story. Just mm-hmm. come on. Talk yep. to us. We like <laughs> talking to people. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, after all, we do do this for you guys. Mm-hmm. So if you like what you're hearing, you should rate us, review us, subscribe to us, and then tell all your friends about us. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. Mm -hmm. Um, because we need more friends. We like friends, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to be BFFs with your BFFs. And then that way we could all be BFFs together. (laughs) So yeah, do all that on whatever platform you listen to us on, um, be kind to one another, please, please be kind to one another. Um, the world definitely use a lot more kindness in this day and age. So Mm -hmm. it costs nothing to smile or hold the door for somebody as they're walking out of a store behind you when you go food shopping or whatever just Mm -hmm. be mindful just be mindful but yeah now i think i got everything right yes okay (laughs) all right so guys have a good day night morning whatever time this is and we'll talk to you guys next week so until then sweet sweet dreams. dreams Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.